It's New Life Church family. We are so glad to be together. So glad you've joined us today. I want to read Psalm 100. I'm going to read the whole of the psalm. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. A joyful noise. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. We declare and confess, God, that your love is good. We give thanks to your love, who you are. It goes forever and ever, ever and ever. Come on, we praise you today.
because it's true. You are King Jesus. You are God the Father. You are the Holy Spirit. Hmm. We declare you're on the throne. No matter what.
Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep for as in Adam all die, so in Christ all shall be made alive. The staggering message of Christianity is that life triumphs over death and light triumphs over darkness and every ending actually holds the possibility of new beginning. And I don't know where you're at as you're listening to this service, watching this service, but Christ Jesus is with you. And Christ Jesus is for you. And Jesus said that he is the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays his life down for his sheep. And so I want you to do something right now, wherever you're at, just open your hands and just receive the presence of the Lord Jesus and allow me to pray over you. Lord, I'm praying your presence into every home right now. I'm praying your presence into every life right now. 
I thank you that the Lord Jesus has triumphed and will triumph over everything that we find ourselves in the middle of. And so we thank you that you have triumphed over desolation and you've triumphed over poverty and you've triumphed over sickness. I thank you that your life-giving presence even now is moving among the homes and the lives of the people that are watching this. And so, Lord Jesus, we receive you. We receive you as the first fruits from among the dead. And we ask that your resurrection power would come into our lives and into our homes and into our hearts and meet us right where we're at. We're asking all of that in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Friend, it's good to see you, be with you in this way. New Life Church family, it's good to see you. If you're new to New Life Church, my name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor of New Life East, one of our newest congregations here. And this is the time in our service when we receive our tithes and our offerings. It's a moment for us to gather up our strength, rally our strength as the people of God. The Apostle Paul put it so beautifully in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10. He said, therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people and especially to those who are of the family of believers. So this moment is a moment where we gather up our strength for the sake of the household of God so that the household of God can be a blessing to those beyond the household. And, uh, you know, this is a strange moment for all of us to be in, to stay at home laws that have been passed and we're trying to make our way around, but we're finding ways as God's people to continue in doing good. One great story that came out of our church this week Pastor Gabe Jenkins, who pastors three or 400 men here in our congregation, sent out an email this past week knowing that so many of the men that he pastors are business owners who have put their blood, their sweat, and their tears into building their businesses. Their businesses now are very much at risk with what's happening in our economy. And he put out an email to them and he said, guys, we want to pray for your businesses by name, that God would protect them and preserve them through this whole crisis. And he said in 15 years of working at New Life Church, he's never had an email that had that much response. Guys emailing back and saying, thank you for that. And this is the name of my business. And thank you for covering me. Guys, we're being a strength for one another so that we can be a strength to others. We've been receiving donations all week long for senior care facilities, those that are most at risk in our city. Uh, folks have been coming by and dropping off food and medical supplies and all kinds of different things. Guys, one of the things that we say here is that we're in the city for the sake of the city. And we're not letting this moment stop us from doing that. So as you give, just know that you're giving into that. You're giving into the strengthening of this body so that we can be a strength to our city. There are three ways for you to give. You can give online, you can text to give, and you can also mail in your gift. Uh, so you can send that in this week. But as we prepare to give, let's just open our hearts here and let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your presence. Jesus, you said that you were the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays his life down for his sheep. And when you call us to yourself, you call us to lay our lives down for others, to make our lives an offering to others. And we pray that nothing about this crisis would cause retreat in our hearts. But we ask that you'd give us the courage and the faith to rise up and to stand and to be a strength and a gift and a blessing to others in the way that you've called us to be. So grant that, we pray. And we ask that this household of faith would rise in increasing strength through all of this. 
and that this city and this region, our world indeed, would be, a, would be benefited by it. Grant that we're asking in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, amen. Let's continue to worship as we give. We're going to have to declare it again. He is worthy. Pastor Brady Boyd will be bringing the word today, reading from the scriptures, teaching, preaching today. We're so thankful for him. So please um, get out a notebook, your Bible. You know, my daughter Izzy, she has a separate notebook just for this season, you know, so she'll be able to look back. And So just take some notes. It's going to be wonderful. I happen to know what Brady's preaching on, and it's good. It's really, really good. It's so good to see you. I don't know where you're watching from. You may be in your living room or your bedroom or wherever you're watching. Maybe you're with a group of family and friends. But So welcome to Church Online. Welcome to New Life Church. I'm Pastor Brady Boyd. If you're new to this, maybe you don't know who I am. I've been the pastor at New Life for about 12 and a half years. And this is the first time we've ever gone consecutive weekends where we've had to cancel a service. But this is Church Online. So I'm glad you've joined us. I'm glad you're a part of this. We're thrilled that you're with us. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube. There's a chat box to the side. You can uh, interact with us. If you're watching at newlifechurch.org, I'm so grateful that you're here, that you're watching. If you're hosting a Facebook live watch party, thank you for doing that. I hope you're having conversations with one another right now, talking about the worship, talking about the sermon. Have, have conversations with one another. Interact with one another. We need to be around one another right now. So how is it going for you? Okay, let me ask you a question. You've been sequestered You've been furloughed into your home with your kids, with your spouse for the last week. I just want to clap your hands if you're still sane, okay? Clap your hands if you're doing good out there, right? So I know it's been hard. I know it's been tough. And I know the restrictions uh, got a little more intense this week from our governor. But let's pray for our uh, political leaders. Let's pray for our healthcare workers. Let's continue to lift them up. These are hard decisions that they're having to make. And uh, we just want them to be filled with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit as they're leading our state, as they're leading our nation as our local leaders are having to make hard
hard decisions about the health and well-being of our city. So just continue to pray. And by the way, join us here every Wednesday night at 6.30. We have a, a one-hour worship and prayer meeting that we're hosting that we're doing every Wednesday night. So make sure that you gather with your friends and family, the same people you're with right now. Gather back here with us on Wednesday night and we're going to worship and pray our way through this. This is not the first time the church has found itself in the valley of the shadow of death. We know how to walk through this. And I believe that when we get to the other side of this, not only is the church going to be stronger, but the, our community, our city, our nation, our state is going to be more unified and more, more caring, more empathetic. We're going to come out of this better. So I just want to speak that over you today. I hope you're doing well. If you need anything, please let us know. We are the church. We are your church. And we would love to help you with anything at all that you need in your life. All right, you ready for the scripture? Open your Bible to Exodus 32. A few weeks ago when we found ourselves uh, having to do church online, it was the same time that we were starting a series through the book of Exodus, and we're going to actually end up in the book of Joshua. And it's the story of the people of Israel leaving slavery and bondage in Egypt and walking through the desert, the wilderness, on their way to the promised land. And they found themselves in uncharted territory. They found themselves in a place that seemed unfamiliar and dangerous and risky. Every morning when they woke up, they were literally surrounded by their enemies. They, they, were, they didn't have water. They didn't have food and they, they were afraid for their very lives. And so when we planned out this series, little did we know that that's the very place that we would be in, in the wilderness together. But I have good news for you. God was faithful to the people of Israel in the wilderness and God's going to be faithful to us as we walk through this wilderness experience together. So in Exodus 32, let me just set the stage for you. Moses has already come down from the mountain and given them the Ten Commandments. And now in Exodus 32, he's gone back up to the mountain, this holy mountain of, that Israel is now looking, the people of Israel are looking, and at the top of this mountain there is fire, and there's, there's a the big cloud, there's smoke, and Israel, uh, Moses has disappeared into that cloud, and he's been up there for 30 days. Now, I want you to think about that, your leader is gone. I mean, you're down in the wilderness. Your leader has disappeared up into the mountain. There's fire and smoke and, and you don't know if he's even alive. And so the people of, in, in this story, the people of Israel get a little antsy and they begin to imagine that Moses is not coming back. And so I want to talk to you today about the golden calf, their response to having to wait. They found themselves in a place of waiting and they responded really poorly. So let me read Exodus 32. We're going to read the first eight verses. It says, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Now, Aaron was kind of the second in charge. Aaron was the guy that Moses had commissioned to help him lead the people. So Aaron is down with the people. Moses is up having this epic 30-day worship service up in the mountains, kind of having a retreat Sabbath by himself. Aaron is down with the people having to deal with all the problems. So they gathered around Aaron and said, come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses, now by the way, they had been walking with Moses for months now and they are, they're treating him like a stranger. As for this guy Moses, as for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him. And Aaron answered them, take off the gold earrings that your wives 
your sons and your daughters are wearing and bring it all to me. So bring all the gold to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. And he took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. So he, he makes a golden calf. And then they said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. And when Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day, the people rose up early. There was a party planned and they sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. And afterwards they sat down to eat and drink and they got up to indulge in revelry. And then the Lord, who was with Moses at the top of the mountain, the Lord said to Moses, go down, leave the mountain, leave my presence because your people, notice here that the Lord tells Moses, these are not my people, they're your people. This is like telling your kids, that, that's the, the kid that's causing the problem, well, that's your kid, that's not my kid. So the Lord said to Moses, go down because your people whom you brought up out of Egypt. I mean, this is a really a funny passage of scripture because God was not even taking credit for delivering them out of Egypt at this point. He was so mad, God got mad, God got aggravated. Go down because your people whom you brought up out of Egypt have become corrupt. And they've been quick to turn away. Listen to this passage, verse eight. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. And they have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. What a fascinating story that these people found themselves in. Right away, when they find themselves isolated, when they found themselves in unfamiliar territory, they turn back to their pagan beliefs that they had brought with them out of Egypt. And, and they were looking for something to comfort them. And a lot of you right now, we're all looking for something to comfort us. We're looking for something to assure us. And they wanted something to dazzle them. They wanted something to, to entertain them. They wanted to be entertained, not challenged or changed. Listen, I want everyone to pay, pay attention to this passage of scripture because we're in a period of time right now where God is probably using this, this time of testing not to entertain us, but to challenge us, to change us. God is at work right now in the midst of this viral uh, pandemic that we find ourselves in. And I'll tell you what I believe God's doing in my life. God has not come to comfort me with entertainment. God has come to be near to me. God has come to, into my home. We have felt God's presence in my home in the last couple of weeks, and I hope you have too. But God is using this time, this episode, this, this, uh, this crisis that we're going through to challenge us, to change us, to shape us. He's not interested in dazzling us or entertaining us. And the people of Israel had chosen a cheap image of God. They had chosen something that would dazzle them. They'd chosen this golden calf that would make them feel good about themselves. But God was at work wanting to do something deeper than just entertain them. In fact, it was easier to get the people out of Egypt, apparently, than to get Egypt out of the people. It was easier to rescue them from Pharaoh than to get the, 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 the promises of Pharaoh out of their lives. Egypt had corrupted them. Egypt had 
contaminated them. And I believe right now, as we're sitting at our home, as we find ourselves in lockdown mode here in the state of Colorado, and many of you around the country have found yourselves in a, a shelter in place kind of uh, place, this is maybe the first time that you have had time to confront the issues of your heart. This is probably the first time that you've had space and hours and days to get back into your prayer life. Maybe this is the first time that you've had time and space to really look at the scriptures. Maybe this is the first time that you've had space and time to worship and pray and to invite God's presence into your life. Listen, don't waste these days. Don't waste this time. Don't waste this. Make sure if there's anything that has corrupted your heart, if there's anything that's contaminated your life, purge it out. This is the time where the Spirit wants to come and cleanse us and purify us and make us a holy people, set apart for His presence, consecrated for His activity. Listen, I just want to encourage you that this moment of time is an important time to invest yourself back into the things of God. Don't go back to the old habits in your life. And I'm very concerned as a pastor for a lot of people who are wrestling with, maybe you've wrestled with addiction all of your life, or you've wrestled with mental health issues all your life. Listen, isolation is not good for us right now. And I'm aware uh, that as your pastor, that it's easy when we find ourselves in isolation, when we find ourselves separated maybe from your accountability team, the team that's been holding you accountable, now you no longer can have the face-to-face -face time with them. You find yourselves alone, you find yourselves isolated. Let me just encourage you not to go back to the corrupt practices of your past, but to really lean in right now and ask the Holy Spirit to give you new habits, to give you new ideas, to speak new life into you, to speak hope into you, and to help you find a new path forward. Don't go back to Egypt. Keep your face pointed toward the promised land. I want to show you this. There's two, two passages of scripture here, verse one and verse eight. I really want to show this to you because I find ourselves, we're living in this moment right now. Verse one says, when the people saw that Moses was so long and coming down from the mountain, when will this end? When is this gonna to come to an end? This is what the people were asking. And I know it's what you're asking, it's what I'm asking. When will we get back to normal? When will our leaders return? When can we get back to our normal life? And they found themselves in a period of waiting. They found themselves waiting on Moses to return. They were waiting for life to return to normal. And when the people saw that Moses was so long and coming down from the mountain, then look at verse eight. God said to Moses, they have been quick to turn away. They have been quick to turn back to their old habits. They've been quick to give up on me. I can imagine God looking at Moses and saying, Moses, I rescued these people out of Egypt. They were slaves there for 400 years. I rescued them. I, I parted the Red Sea for them. I have given them manna from heaven. I have spoken the law to them. I have been with them every step of the way. When they needed water, water come gushing forth from the rocks. Every time they've needed something from me, I have provided. But when they were told to wait, when they were told to pause, when they found themselves in a place of uncertainty, they were quick to turn away from God. Listen, New Life Church, I know the temptation right now is to turn back to things, but the Lord's calling us to turn toward Him right now. The Lord's calling us to consecrate our lives to Him right now. And I want to take you to this passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 13, because Jesus speaks 
to the temptation of waiting here and what, how we respond to uncertainty. How are we responding to a period of waiting and not knowing, will we return to the idols of our past or will we wait upon the Lord and see what he's doing in our midst? Matthew 13, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about what it looks like when the kingdom of heaven comes to the earth. And in Matthew 13, verse 31, listen to what he says. He told them another parable. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. And though it is the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and it becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. Verse 33, and he told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed it into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. Now I want you to think about what Jesus is saying here. He just said that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. I've actually seen mustard seeds. They're, they're tiny. They're, they're, it's almost like dust in your hands, tiny little seeds. And then he says, not only is the kingdom of heaven like mustard seed, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast, like small yeast. Both a mustard seed and yeast are small and they're seemingly insignificant. They're small and insignificant. Both are hidden. Think, think about this, both, both are hidden. One in the dirt and the other in the dough. And both work slowly in their context. It takes time to put a mustard seed in the ground and cover it with soil and put the right amount of water upon it. It takes time for that seed to germinate, to, for its roots to go down into the soil, for the nutrients of the soil to capture it and to make it grow. And in fact, it's probably 10 to 15 days before anything is noticeable above ground until the first green shoot pops up above the ground is sometimes two to three weeks before that germination process happens. And the same thing is with yeast. When you put yeast in a dough, it doesn't immediately expand. In fact, oftentimes you have to put the yeast in the flour and the dough and hide it away and set it aside, keep it at the right temperature. And then one or two days later, that yeast has slowly and powerfully worked its way into the dough. And when Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven coming to the earth, he compares it to yeast and to seed. I want to remind you, New Life Church, and those of you that are watching all over the world, God may be moving slowly right now for you. It may seem like that things are creeping forward, that things are moving super slow. Where is Moses? Where are our leaders? When will things get back to normal? God may be moving slowly for you, but his finished work, the work that he's trying to finish in our lives right now is bigger than anything we can do on our own. God is moving in a slow way right now. And I want you not to give up on the promises of God. Don't give up on what God is doing. Don't give up on the fact that God is present with us right now. God is showing himself powerful right now. All of us right now are praying for something instant. We're asking God to do something powerful. We want this virus to be eradicated. We want an instant cure. We want an instant vaccine. And we should be praying for those things. But in the meantime... While we are waiting, our faith is being tested. And so how's our faith tested right now? I want to give you a couple of things to think about this week. How is your faith being tested right now? Number one, it does not happen how I planned. 
None of us planned for church to be online. None of us planned to close our businesses. None of us planned for our kids to have a month of spring break. I mean, none of us planned for those things. Uh, trips got canceled, vacations got canceled. Uh, everything has come to a screeching halt right now. None of us planned this. Our government didn't plan this. Our hospitals didn't plan for this. None of us planned for this. And right now, because it's not happening how I planned, this is a time when God is testing our faith. Do you believe that God is in control when it's not happening how you planned? Our plans have been thrown to the side. And the second way our faith gets tested is it does not happen when I planned it. It doesn't happen when I planned it or how I planned it. Here's, here, they were, they were, the people of Israel were sitting out in the desert. Moses had gone to the mountain and they were ready to go to the promised land but it didn't happen how they planned. It didn't happen when they planned it. And God was testing them and they responded by building a cheap idol, by returning to the things of their past. Instead of leaning forward, instead of finding a new way to worship, they returned to the, the pagan paths of Egypt. The Lord is testing our faith and waiting with faith is the currency of God's economy. If you want to get in on what God's doing right now, listen, God's up to something powerful. And I'm just telling you, God's about to reshape. He's about to reform. He's about to do something new and powerful in our church and our families and our culture. But right now it's going to require us to wait. And not only are we just waiting with patience, we're waiting with faith. In this season of waiting, in this season of uncertainty, our faith will determine if we get in on what God's doing. Will you wait with me in faith? Will you allow faith to take over? Will you allow faith to purge us of fear? Because you can wait with faith or you can wait with fear. But those of us who choose to wait with faith will discover that God's doing something powerful among us. We are the ones who will, do, who will benefit the most from this season of time if those of us who choose to wait with great faith. Do not give up hope, New Life Church. Don't let your faith waver right now. Don't let, your, don't let your trust waver. Believe with me that God is moving, God is doing, God is at work, even when we can't see it. God's working right now like mustard seed that's been planted in the ground. God is at work right now like yeast that has been formed in the dough. God is at work even when you can't see him at work. God is at work. And I wanna leave you with one last thing before I pray for you. Remember this, that we can trust the God who sent us Jesus. If you're having a hard time trusting in the goodness of God right now, let me just encourage you in the next few weeks to open up your Bible and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read the words of Jesus. If you're having a hard time believing that God is moving among us, if God is good, even in times of uncertainty, get back to the words of Jesus. Read the Sermon on the Mount. Read the Lord's Prayer. And remember that God is the one that sent us Jesus. And because God sent us Jesus, I can trust that God. I can trust the God who sent his son to die for us. I can trust a God who sent us Jesus and Jesus sends us the Holy Spirit. I can trust that God. New Life Church, I want you to put your hope in the right things right now. And this is the moment of time for you to put your hope and your faith and your trust in the right things right now. And this is the moment where we set our face 
like flint toward the goodness of God, where we lean in to worship in the holy presence of Christ. This is when we open up the scriptures and let the Bible speak to us and breathe upon us. Listen, I, I know it's important right now to get right information, and I, I, I'm, I'm grateful for good journalism right now, but at some point during your day, you probably need to turn off the television and just allow the Spirit of God to begin to breathe into your home. Moms and dads, this is the time to gather your kids around you and to read the scriptures together. You have time now to teach your children about the goodness of God, about the hope of, of Christ. And then pray together and just let your kids pray. Pray out loud with one another and then open up the music of heaven. Let the worship of God just begin to radiate through your home. Turn on the music. Let, we know how to sing. We know how to worship. Make sure that you're leaning in right now to the goodness of God and not giving in to your fears. I just want to pray for you right now. If you'll just take a, a moment with me, let me pray over you. Father in heaven, we are waiting on you. We find ourselves in a deep season of waiting. We find ourselves in a place of uncertainty. We don't know how all of this is going to turn out, but we do know you're good. And Father, we know that God is not the cause of this, but you are the cure for this. You're not the cause of this illness. You're not the cause of this virus, but you are the cure. So Father in heaven, we call upon the name of the Lord right now because we believe if we call upon you, we are saved. And we are filled with inexpressible hope. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Father in heaven, I pray right now that you would just fill us with the joy of the Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would come to us and be powerful among us. I pray, oh God, for those who are wrestling with discouragement. Maybe they're wrestling, Lord, with mental health right now. I just pray for my brothers and sisters who are in despair. I pray you would be the lifter of their head, that you would fill them with hope, with joy, with the peace of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray you'd fill us all with your spirit right now. I pray that worship would overwhelm us, that your presence would overwhelm us. Father, I thank you right now that you are good. In the waiting, we find you. In the season of the unknown, you are at work among us. You are faithful to your people. And we pray this now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Let's end our time together. We're just gonna sing this song. I love this song. Let's just lift up our voices wherever you're meeting with us right now. We just lift up your voice. Let the Holy Spirit fill the room, the bedroom, the living room, wherever you're watching this right now. Let's just end this time in the presence of the Lord, worshiping together. I want you to know there are thousands of people singing this song with you right now. You are not alone. You are not by yourself. And I want you to imagine thousands of people singing with you right now as we end this time together. Stand with me. If you're sitting down, stand up with me right now. And let's end this time worshiping the resurrected Christ.
Amen. Good to be with you, New Life Church. Wasn't that a great word by Pastor Brady? Just amazing. Such a powerful word. Thanks to our worship team for leading us so well. You guys are such a gift. Uh, a couple things to just remember this week. First of all, remember if you're looking for opportunities to serve and to be a blessing for others, uh, you can go right to our website and there's an opportunity for you to serve, contribute uh, to the needs of others right on the website. So head there. Make sure to follow us on social media. Remember that we have our weekly Wednesday worship prayer meeting at 6.30. So you can follow us on the website there or just go to Facebook Live or YouTube. We'll be live there. Such a great way to connect. And also thank you, thank you so much for being faithful with your giving through this season. You're helping us be a strength for other people. So continue with that. Uh, Wherever you are, I'm going to invite you just, if you're able to, to stand up. And let me just leave you with this blessing. Open your hands and receive from the Lord. As you go... May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, grace, mercy, and peace be upon you, your home, your neighborhood, and our globe. In Jesus' name, amen. You're loved.